0: 97.1 FM, The Drive presents the Behind the Song podcast, taking you deeper into classic rock's most timeless tunes. Here's your host, Janda. It's hard to overstate how important Billy Idol was to bringing the idea, the spirit of punk rock to the mainstream, but I'm going to try. There is no other artist who so authentically embodied the roots of British punk rock and carried that attitude straight into the boomboxes of hungry fans worldwide, a punker who dominated the pop charts again and again and again. The 80s were a monumental time in music, and it's largely because of Billy Idol, the acceptable edge of the unacceptable. mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices message and data rates may apply bank of america NA, member FDSE. the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal it probably won't go well So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to keepitfunohio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If you like this episode, help us out with a like at the end. And if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Billy Idol's uncanny good looks, reminiscent of Elvis Presley, the irresistible sneer on such an almost rudely handsome face and his command on stage and on record. Selling rock songs that always had a pop or even a dance undercurrent blasted a path for him and his early 80s contemporaries. excess and Duran Duran, the pretty boys that filled the screens on MTV in living rooms across America and paved the way for bands that would come directly afterward. The Psychedelic Furs, Crowded House, Echo and the Bunnymen, and more. And Billy Idol had a certain something that not many others did or do. He was a real punk rocker, a kid who was part of the infamous Bromley contingent from Southeast London, a pack of punkers known for looking and dressing and carrying themselves just like their own idols, the Sex Pistols in late 70s London and following the band around to every show. Another London artist who was part of this group of acolytes Susie Sue, front woman for Suzy and the Banshees, who also enjoyed pop success later, again, through the power of MTV. Idol rose up from being a fan to singing and playing guitar, and by the late 70s, he was the very young frontman for the seminal punk band Generation X. What was different about Generation X was that they didn't run away from their influences, unlike the Sex Pistols, who disdained pretty much everything, and to a large degree, The Clash, who always had a social or a cerebral message in their punk rock songs. Generation X embraced the music of their predecessors, the Stones and the Beatles, admitted that they loved the singles from those bands and incorporated the pop side of garage rock from those bands into their own songs. They released three albums and were one of the first punk rock bands to perform on top of the pops in Britain, which pretty much says it all to underscore the point. Their brand of punk wasn't just something for a few fans to celebrate. It was a new approach to the reach of punk rock music. When Generation X disbanded after their third album in 1981, Billy Idol took off to New York City to pursue a solo career. He began a long and very successful collaboration with New York guitarist and songwriter Steve Stevens. And just a year later, his self-titled debut solo album was released. It was, of course, an instant smash, fueled by Dancing With Myself and White Wedding, and Billy Idol found himself living up to his stage name. He was a superstar, and his face was all over MTV. By the way... His real name is the not-so-punk-rock-sounding William Michael Albert Broad, and legend goes that he got his name because he so hated chemistry class in school and performed so miserably in it that his teacher wrote that he was Idle on his report card, as in lazy. That ended up giving our Billy Idol the idea to take it as a stage name and change the spelling around, and voila, Billy Idol, as in adored bet the teacher never saw that one coming. So perfectly, rock and roll. And then came album number two for Billy Idol, the former punk rocker, now pop star, 1983's Rebel Yell. The album went double platinum, and the title track, co-written by his bandmate Steve Stevens, has since become a staple of classic rock. The album was produced by Keith Forsey, producer who went on to create the song that became Simple Mind's biggest hit, Don't You Forget About Me, after Idle passed on it, which you can hear all about in episode number 84 of this podcast. The story goes that the title for Rebel Yell came to Billy Idol after a party at Rolling Stones guitarist Ronnie Wood's house in New York City. Idol said on VH1 Storytellers that he saw Wood, Mick Jagger and Keith Richards swigging from a bottle of Rebel Yell Whiskey, and it lodged in his mind as the perfect title for a song. While the whiskey was named by the former mayor of Louisville, Kentucky, as his homage to the battle cry of Confederate soldiers when it was first produced and sold in the Southern states in small batches in the 1950s, Idol had something different in mind for the actual lyrics of the song. Idol's song is about a one-night stand, and more. And the lyrics of Rebel Yell go like this. Last night, a little dancer came dancing to my door. Last night, a little angel came pumping on the floor. She said, come on, baby, I got a license for love. And if it expires, pray help from above, because... In the midnight hour, she cried more, more, more. With a Rebel Yell... She cried, more, more, more. Billy Idol was obviously drawn to dancers as he was with Perry Lister, an English dancer and performer for almost a decade. The two had a tumultuous relationship, and Idol has admitted that he was not faithful, even though the two had a son together and she was a member of his backing band. And the song goes on. She don't like slavery. She won't sit and beg. But when I'm tired and lonely, she sees me to bed. What set you free and brought you to me, babe? What set you free? I need you here by me. Because in the midnight hour, she cried more, more, more. With a rebel yell, she cried more. Let's be honest. By his second successful solo album, Billy Idol was no stranger to the spoils of rock stardom. And he also wasn't shy about writing a song seemingly about a passing passion, singing it with that Billy Idol edge that is so effective. And then there are the next lines in the song, one of the only songs in the rock canon that contain a reference to a 7-Eleven, and this scene straight from the New York City streets. He lives in his own heaven, collects it to go from the 7-Eleven. Well, he's out all night to collect a fare, Just as long, just as long as it don't mess up his hair. That's a guy making a connection in the 7-Eleven to score some kind of substance that will take him to his own heaven. Fair to note that not too many years after these lines were written, Billy Idol was locked in a battle with his own drug addiction, which he has luckily beaten. And so given that knowledge, the next lines take on different context, and how the empty passions of a one-night stand are a good analogy for the hollowness of chasing a burgeoning addiction. I walked the world with you, babe, a thousand miles with you. I dried your tears of pain, babe, a million times for you. I'd sell my soul for you, babe. For money to burn with you. I'd give you all and have none, babe. Just to have you here by me. Because in the midnight hour, she cried more, more, more. With a rebel yell, she cried more. And the song ends with Idol repeating the word more with that rebel yell that he created. The one word more, underlining several things all at once the only memorable thing about a fleeting encounter with a stranger, giving voice to the cravings of an addict, and of the attitude of 1980s Billy Idol and indeed of the appetites of the me generation in the 1980s period. With Kizzit Can's Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Of course, it became a hit. In later albums, Billy Idol would have success with once again embracing the music that his punk rock predecessors would have steered clear of. Covers of Motown and Stax recordings of To Be a Lover, Moni Moni, and Hot in the City were also hits, taking bedrock popular songs and infusing them with the toughness that is his musical trademark. But in 1990, tragedy struck when Idol almost lost his leg in a motorcycle crash in Los Angeles. That accident resulted in a steel rod being placed in his leg, and it sidelined his burgeoning acting career, too. His role as a friend of Jim Morrison's in Oliver Stone's film The Doors was diminished because of his recovery, although he's still in the film. And he was set to star as the villain in James Cameron's Terminator 2 movie, but he was recast completely after the crash. Idol became hugely interested in technology in the 90s and made his last album for over a decade in 1993. That album, Cyberpunk, was a concept album created entirely on his home computer and was promoted using only digital media, a first for a mainstream artist. Maybe a little ahead of its time, it didn't do very well. And about a year after that, Billy Idol collapsed outside of a Los Angeles nightclub after a bender. While he never married, Idol actually has two children, his son with Lister and a daughter from a previous relationship. And after that incident, he decided that he didn't want his kids to be without a father and he stopped taking hard drugs completely. In 2021, he reunited with his old collaborator Steve Stevens and released an EP called The Roadside on George Harrison's label Dark Horse Records. On it, He deals with the after effects of that fateful motorcycle crash, sung by a former punker who had experienced every single one of life's highs and lows. His autobiography, Dancing With Myself, was released in 2014, and it is one of the most candid books about a rock and roller's life that you can find. It became a New York Times bestseller and idol said of the memoir, I'm going out on a limb here so watch my back. And it's that openness, the danger of being Billy Idol, that has made him so fascinating to fans since he exploded onto our TV screens and radios in the 80s, when he became not just a punk rocker, but our own blonde rebel, yelling for more, more, more. I'm Janda, and this has been Behind the Song. Special thanks as always to Christian Lane for the music you hear on these podcast episodes. If you like it, give it a thumbs up. If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. And you can also watch excerpts of all these videos on the Behind the Song TikTok channel. Thank you for being a part of the Behind the Song family and on the way, much more rock and roll.